fool You innocent bitch Don't be shameful Break out the ice cubes And the hot water This is the second half And not the second quarter I f***ed you until you sleep You would sleep like a baby And in your dreams You'd say I'm crazy In the funk That's a preview of today's show. Those faces, though. The faces, though. The faces, though. Like, I could not. I could not. Well, let's just listen to a clean radio edit of the theme song of the week, as we can see. Because there's a lot of stuff we need to talk about. But you know what we're diving into today? A little bit. Pizzagate. But that's going to be after... We get through like some news and, you know, hey, let's do a little bit of Pitbull, right? So true. It's President's Day. So let's take a sneak peek and see what um, is going on on President's Day. Hold on. Let's take a look. Oops. Let's see. Your president. Right? Alrighty then. Alrighty then. Donald Trump is your president, if you like it or not Keep the energy you had with Barack Cause you know this Trump train don't stop Tell Beto to please come try to take my block You wanna impeach him? No tenemos negocio en piscina Si Pasamos mucho trabajo, no había trabajo So pretty much during the, during the time that um, Obama was president he, With his business, he went through a lot of hardship Y entonces cuando Trump, todo cambió when Trump came in, everything changed financially. It is President's Day today. So, uh, you know, it is President's Day. We should take a look at what President's Day is about. I found this great video by Mike Check. I thought I would share um, only because it's fun and it tells you just how weird the history behind President's Day is. But it's kind of weird, right? When you're president, Alleged president, usurper, that's what they are, usurpers, you know, are in another country pledging billions of more dollars, not like we haven't been funding them since the 90s like crazy. And then, you know, uh, well, I'll just leave it at that. Let's just talk about stuff. Let's just talk about President's Day before we delve into how Pizzagate was actually used against you, how they're okay with that truth as long as it covers up the real truth. Here we go. Everything you need to know about President's Day. For one, it doesn't exist. According to the federal government, what we're actually celebrating is Washington's birthday. Washington's birthday became a holiday in 1885, thanks to Chester A. Arthur. Back then, it was actually celebrated on Washington's birthday, February 22nd. But in 1968, Congress passed the Uniform Monday Holiday Act, which forced Washington's birthday to a Monday. 
because we all love three-day weekends and hate Mondays. And since then, Washington's birthday has never been on Washington's birthday. Instead, it falls between his birthday and Lincoln's birthday. People assume the new fun Monday holiday is in honor of both presidents and started calling it President's Day, which is way better for advertising sales anyway. Oh yeah, massive deal. Who's your founding father? Get a review camera. William Henry Harrison and Ronald Reagan's birthdays are also in February, but nobody gives a shit. Even though the federal government doesn't recognize President's Day as a holiday, several states do. But there's not even consensus on how it's spelled. In some states, it's President's Day. In other states, it's President's Day. And in some other states, it's President's Day. So some states celebrate multiple presidents, some states celebrate one president, and other states celebrate the general idea of presidents. Oh, and in Arkansas, they celebrate George Washington's birthday and Daisy Gatson Bates Day. Daisy Gatson Bates is a civil rights activist and NAACP president. So since it isn't actually George Washington's birthday and is the only day off we have during Black History Month, maybe we should do what Arkansas does. Pick an underappreciated black leader to celebrate. Happy Daisy Gatson Bates Day. This is your mic check. So that was filled with facts and fun. Now, where do we go? Today, there's a lot happening in the news. There's tons, tons, tons. You know, you've got uh, the usurper uh, Biden out in, um, you know, Ukraine, just giving more money, right? We have people that were outside in front of Pfizer's headquarters screaming Nuremberg 2.0. Don't say I didn't call that in 2018. There we go. Um, and we're starting to get, you know, a lot of movement. Then we had silence from the right in regards to the text messages that were sent among the reporters slamming the president, Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani talking shit. One of them was Tucker Carlson. But obviously, you know, aside from him being friends with the Bidens, aside from him talking complete shit, you know, all of them are behind DeSantis. And I'm not shitting you on this one. You know, a lot of people see the Soros thing and they're like, yeah, everyone's going to run the other way. Man, the voters may. Right. But for them, that means they've got the endorsement of the deep state. And that's a go ahead. That's a green light, almost like the same green light he gave to Kamala Harris. And just like the president said, they love to hide their uh, their past. Right. But you can't. You just can't. Do you know how much information is out there publicly available that is also erroneous? It has a lot of stuff that's wrong. A simple, you know, going into your data is everywhere. A lot of wrong things are there and a lot of things that'll make you cock your head and say, what? It's pretty interesting. And, you know, you have to wonder, kind of like rock the vote. How did they get our social security numbers? How did they know how we vote? How did they get our registration? Like, how does someone get your address? How does someone get your phone number? Well, it's pretty simple. All of that is available on the Internet. All you have to do is run a person's name and that's all you get. And it's all available online. So then the question goes is to how can we not find all these people that have uh, committed so many crimes like, like Pizzagate? But we'll get to that. Uh, so what is really going on? What is really going on today? We have, uh, you know, the Supreme Court case about Section 230. Right. Pretty interesting. Uh, that's the Supreme Court. Tests whether tech firms are liable for user content, right? That'll make them publications, which means that people can't use it freely. So they lose their income. So that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Quality, qualified immunity is burning a hole in the constitution. What? On, on other news, you know, Blasey Ford that lied the shit off her pants 
accusing Kavanaugh, you know, it's now manifested that she completely fabricated and lied. Did she go to jail? What about Diane Feinstein who got that email? Let me, let me think. No, obviously not. Everyone's distracted by balloons. But I'll tell you one thing. Have you guys ever looked up and, and someone so smart close to me said this. And I was like, that is, that's something I should point out. Do you know what the symbol for warp speed is? Hmm? It's a tesseract. And so I was thinking operation warp speed. Like, you know, I've said this before. And I've done this and I've demonstrated this over the years. When you know what the other person is doing, say they have a plan, a very stellar plan, and they trust that plan like nobody's business, right? Well, then it's really, really, really easy to make them trip up. Extremely easy. Because all you have to do is speed up the process. And rather than them tango with, I did this, now you do this, slowly while I throw blockades at your feet so you're slow to respond. Well, what if you pull the trigger quicker and maybe have a derailment happen now when it was supposed to happen later? Just saying. Then it's kind of like, whoa, uh, uh, what do we do? Oh, well, it happened now. What? See, this is where you lose it. This is where that slack happens and suddenly things start to reveal, right? And this is key. This is like the epitome of warfare. I mean, all warfare is usually based on deception, right? <laughs> and so, what can you say here? Well, the, the opportunity for defeating the enemy is always provided by the enemy themselves, right? And you have to understand that because the supreme art of war, as Sun Tzu would say, is to subdue the enemy without fighting. They just start, you know, rabid mouth, foaming at the mouth, trying to cover up, trying to cover up the cover up. And then it's just like a hot mess, almost like the conversation went. So Friday, it's like, yep, yep. FEMA says there's no issue here. Tori's like, well, roof is going to be on fire next week. Suddenly, President Trump's like, oh, well, then I'll just go to Palestine, Ohio and see what's going on. FEMA's like, yep, we're going too. We're going to help him. And it's like, oh, who's really bossed? Who's really in charge? Well, uh, I'm going to show you guys a video to understand the difference between a usurper and a man that represents the people with President-elect Trump. Uh, it was wide-ranging. We talked about uh, some of the organizational issues uh, in setting up a White House. We talked about foreign policy. We talked about domestic policy. Uh, and as I said last night, my number one priority in the coming two months is to try to facilitate a transition that ensures our President-elect is successful. Uh, and I have been very encouraged by the, uh, I think, interest in President-elect President uh, Trump's uh, wanting to work with my team around uh, many of the issues that this great country faces. And uh, I believe that it is important for all of us, regardless of party, uh, and regardless of political preferences, uh, to now come together, work together, to deal with uh, the many challenges that we face. Uh, and in the meantime, uh, Michelle has had a chance to uh, 
greet the incoming First Lady. And uh, we had uh, an excellent uh, conversation with her as well. And we want to make sure that they feel welcome uh, as they prepare uh, to make this transition. And most of all, uh, I want to uh, emphasize to you, uh, Mr. President-elect, that uh, you know, we now are going to uh, want to do everything we can to help you succeed, because if you succeed, then the country succeeds. Please, sir. Well, thank you very much, President Obama. Um, this was a meeting that was going to last for maybe 10 or 15 minutes, and uh, we were just going to get to know each other. We had never met each other. Uh, I have great respect. Uh, the meeting lasted for almost an hour and a half, and it could have, as far as I'm concerned, it could, could have gone on for a lot longer. We really um, we discussed a lot of different situations, some wonderful and some difficulties. Um, I very much look forward to dealing with the President in the future, including counsel. Uh, he's uh, he explained some of the difficulties, some of the the high-flying assets, and some of the some of the really great things that have been achieved. Uh, so, Mr. President, it was a great honor being with you, and I look forward to being with you many, many more times in the future. Thank you, sir. Well, that was what was the saying? You don't uh, say things in public like Bill Clinton said until you make me right. Until I can't anymore, right? That's basically how it goes. That's how it is. And so while I see many talking, it's, it's you know, it's okay to not know. I'm, I'm dead serious. It's okay to not know. And just, you know, rethump news, maybe out of perspective, right? But, you know, fixed points in time or nodes, I would say, that are inevitable happen regardless. And that's because the sum of the events that happened make it so. And, uh, and as I said earlier, to subdue an enemy without any fight is a very, very good skill. And if you know the enemy and you know yourself, well, then you already know what the outcome is going to be. And that is how it is. And so when you're fighting up against a very well-oiled machine of this fourth unelected branch of government, you should expect everything in the kitchen sink thrown at you. <laughs> Though a lot of people are going to be thrown out with the bathwater very, very soon. Because uh, while many say, why, why? And I'm one of them because I'm impatient. Why is this person? Why is that? You always have not good people around you. Always, because this is how you bring to light. I really wish people would see it. Really do. Now, let's listen to a band, Alford Music Concert Band. It's a really nice music. I just want you guys to just, it's just notes on there. Some composer, I think he's from the school. I don't know. His name is Michael Story. Very beginning band. Verve, very. There we go. Take a listen.
And that was a composure of a melody called Warp Speed. Fascinating. It's very fascinating. Now, uh, our news are completely focused on Kiev. Everyone's writing about how everyone's in Kiev. And you notice that they're changing the spelling. It's not Turki, it's Turkiya. It's not Kiev, uh, anglified, it's K-Y-I-V, using the structure they want. Uh, remember, I've always said that it always starts with changing language. You know, we have been partaking in book burning rituals. You're like, no, we don't burn books. And it's like, what do you think Amazon's for? Why do you think they have digital books now? Paper. We need to save the world from books and ideas that you're not allowed to publish unless they're approved, right? Almost like journalists, right? <laughs> anyway, in other news, Starbucks vanilla drinks have now been recalled in the U.S. over fears that they may contain glass. Uh, apparently, the U.S. faces a new threat from a Canadian super pig. What? It's an invasion of piggies that are coming, <laughs> I kid you not, a pig impact in the U.S. growth. Apparently, it's facing a swine-related threat as Canadian super pig, a giant which is incredibly intelligent and highly elusive, best capable of surviving cold climates. It's almost like a saber-toothed piggy with hair. The emergence of this so-called super piggy is a crossbreed Genetic manipulation, in other words, of domestic piggies and wild boars. Apparently, the pigs are not native to the U.S. and have actually increased and caused havoc uh, by funneling in through our northern borders. These little piggies just come in and they kill young fawns and are nest predators and impact the effects of turkey and quail because we have piggies that are smart that have been genetically altered with uh, wild boars and domestic pigs. Piggies, 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 piggies. Pretty interesting, huh? Pig emergencies. Pig emergencies. Now, obviously, Blinken is begging Erdogan to allow the Nords to enter into NATO, and they all shook hands, and that means nothing for Erdogan. They're also saying, Russia, you better not help Russia. China, don't help Russia, but we're in bricks together. Don't help Russia. And it's like, we see that we have the West asking for war. And the question is, why are they asking for war? And again, they're like, we're sending all this money. We're doing all this. Nah, nah, nah. And Russia's just sitting on the sidelines like, yeah, we're just going to wait till they're totally trained and have a lot of weapons. I mean, we got to be fair. Get out of here. There's more to this than what they tell you. There's always a story behind the story. You only know what they're telling you. Now there's more, you know, push that they're arguing that hospitals that have dropped the mask mandate requirements may be at risk of liability, which is bullshit because they want masks back. I mean, Ebola's coming or Marburg's, whatever they want to pull. I mean, right now, they're so ahead of schedule that they don't know how to stop. It's like they're going downhill and they're like, oh my gosh, this already happened. It wasn't supposed to happen until then. Hence why the movement is so quick. It's almost like it's panic mode. Because you do something, there's a response. You respond to the response and you initiate something new. Response initiated, 
counter response initiated. As the other counter response to your counter response is initiated, you kick off something different. But right now they have everyone going in a million directions, a million directions. We had the list from Epstein's list. I mean, Alan Dershowitz is all over it, talked about that before. Well, Dwayne, then why does he have him near him? Well, well, we're going to shed some light on the problem with Pizzagate. Because I see it all the time. People saw the Greek keys on the floor and they were like, oh my God, that's like a pedophile symbol. Where everyone thinks that everything that's high priced on Wayfair is to sell a child for sex, which is not the case. And I'm going to explain that to you. Because I was actually trying to write an article about this uh, to say how, you know, the, the people that took Pizzagate and made it, see, Pizzagate was an operation. I'm going to explain it to you. It was an operation uh, that was taken, hijacked in order to morph. Now, think of it this way. Would you rather be known as a pedophile or known as someone that, you know, harvests human beings like they're animals and that promotes that and has had money and you've benefited for that? There are people that would prefer to be called a pedophile than be seen as monsters harvesting human beings, right? So I, I, I want to leave that to simmer with you uh, just a little bit. There was something that tickled my ears a little bit, and I was kind of surprised that no one showcased it. But uh, Elon Musk had appeared at uh, the World Government Summit and said a few things. And I think it's very important that we listen to 10 minutes of this. The first 10 minutes are highly important. Here we go. Great audience, uh, it was your uh, first trip to Dubai with your family. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was wonderful. Uh, uh, very much enjoyed um, I, And I, I, I see my, my head is gigantic on the stage. <laughs> 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 my head has grown larger uh, since we last met. Is it, is, it, is it because of Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, perhaps. Um, it, um, it, Twitter is it's, it's certainly um, uh, quite the roller coaster. Uh, Elon, just you know, it's been it's been six years. Uh, within six years, we've seen a tremendous thing since our our last conversation. We've seen the pandemic, uh, Russia and Ukraine war, uh, development of uh, Chat GPT. Uh, you launched uh, Starship. Uh, you recently also acquired uh, Twitter. Can I ask you this question? What, <laughs> why, why, why you bought Twitter? Why didn't you create your own platform? Maybe it was cheaper for you? I mean, I thought about creating something from scratch, um, but uh, I, I, th I thought it would, it would, Twitter would perhaps accelerate progress versus creating something from scratch by three to five years. Um, and um, I think we are seeing just a tremendous technology acceleration uh, that, you know, th three to five years is actually worth a lot. Uh, so, I mean, to be frank, I was a little worried about the direction that, and the, and the effect uh, of social media on the world, and especially Twitter. And um, I, I thought it was very important for there to be a maximally trusted sort of digital public square um, where people you know, within countries and internationally could communicate uh, with, um, you know, uh, 
the, the least amount of censorship uh, allowed by law. Uh, obviously, that varies a lot by jurisdiction, but I think in general, um, you know, social media companies should adhere to the laws of, of countries and not try to put a thumb on the scale beyond the laws of countries. Um, so, and I, and I think this is something that is probably agreeable to um, the, uh, you know, the, le the legislators and, and the people of most countries. So, so I, th I think it's, that's the general idea, is just um, to reflect the values of, of the people um, as opposed to imposing the values um, of essentially San Francisco and Berkeley um, which are so, somewhat of a niche ideology um, as compared to the rest of the world. And, but, but, you know, Twitter was, I think, doing a little too much to impose um, a niche, uh, uh, you know, San Francisco Berkeley ideology on the world. Um, so, you know, I, I thought the, it was important kind of for the future of civilization to try to correct that uh, Thumb on the scale, if you will, um, and and, uh, and and just more, have Twitter more accurately reflect, uh, like I said, the, the values of the, the the people of Earth. Um, that's the that's the that's the intention, um, and uh, hopefully we succeed in, in, in doing that. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, but how do you see Twitter? If we we say it five years down the road, what's your vision for for this platform? What, sh what should it do? Well, I think it would be, I'd like to, you know, I have this sort of long-term vision for something called uh, X.com from back at, way back in the day, uh, which is kind of like a, a um, sort of like an everything app um, where it's just maximally useful. It does, you know, payments, uh, it does, um, uh, so it provides financial services, provides information flow, um, really anything digital. Um, and um, you know, also provides secure communications. Um, so, really, to, to, to you know, I think you know, be, be as useful as possible, as entertaining as possible, um, and also to be like a, a source of, of truth. Like, if you want to uh, find out what's going on and what's really going on, um, then you could should be able to go on. On, on you know X the X app and uh, and and find out. So it's a sort of source, a sort of a, a source of truth, and a maximally useful. I guess app is about wrong word, but system. Um, and and twi Twitter is essentially an accelerant to that sort of maximally useful everything app. Um, yeah. How how you are gonna? I mean, if you look at Twitter today. I mean, it's, it's a platform. Sometimes there is a lot of misinformation on Twitter. Sometimes I don't feel comfortable even because there is some way there is this negative between nation, between people, between a different uh, ethnic uh, group. There is this hate thing. How are you gonna, how are you gonna fix this issue where you are, you are on a mission with, for humanity to get them together? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think there's um, there's something that we're, that we're putting a lot of effort into called community notes, um, 
it's currently just in English, but we will be expanding it to uh, all languages. Um, that is, I think, quite a, a good way to um, assess the, the truth of things, where it's the community itself, basically the, you know, the, the people of Earth who are basically, you know, um, not exactly voting, but, but competing to provide the most accurate information. So it's sort of a, a competition for truth. Um, and I think it's a very powerful concept to have a competition for truth. Um, and because well, you can also say, like, what, what is true? It's because what may be true to some may not be viewed as true to others, but you want to have the closest approximation of that. So I think the, the community notes thing is very powerful. Um, I think the uh, trying to have as many organizations uh, and people and institutions uh, verified um, as being legitimately those people and organizations is, is important. Um, and to have the organizational affiliation clearly identified um, so that if you want to find out if somebody is actually, if an account is actually, say, from a member of parliament or a journalist or uh, if, if a, let's say, if a Twitter handle is uh, actually belongs to, say, Disney Corporation or something like that, you, you, can, you can go on Twitter and it's, it's sort of an identity layer uh, of the internet and you, you can confirm that that is, in fact, the, the case. And, and I think once you've got these sort of interlocking um, sort of identities, uh, it's, it's actually very hard to be deceptive in that case. Uh, because, and, and it's also you have a reputation to protect at that point. So I think then people are far more likely to be measured in their response um, and um, be, more, be more reasonable since they have reputational value at that point. Um, so these are some of the ideas that I have, um, and you know, I'm not saying that for sure it will succeed or that you know, it's going to be perfect. But I, 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 I am confident that it will, over time, head into a, in a good direction. Um, and and um, and and I think that the evidence for that will be: do people find it useful? Um, you know, as we're measuring sort of the, you know, t total user minutes, but not just user minutes. Um, Unregretted user minutes is, I think, the the key figure of merit. Um, you know, because um, well, for example, TikTok has a lot of very high usage. I often hear people say, "Well, I spent two hours on TikTok, but I regret those two hours." Um, I'm not trying to try to knock TikTok, but it's just we don't want that to be the case with Twitter. We want to say, like, okay, you spent half an hour on Twitter, but you found it to be useful and entertaining, and um, a good thing in your life. Um, and ultimately be a force for good for civilization. That, that's the aspiration. Thank you. Uh, Elon, we have over 150. We will revisit that interview again. But what I was pointing out is exactly what I've been talking about. There's a lot of people that hide behind anonymity. They say things, and, uh, you know, in, in this sense, if you're not a verified account, meaning that you are who you say you are, well, then you're not going to be considered bonafide. End of story. It's a lot more difficult to show your scathing, ugly face, you know, that those inner things, because that's what the internet has done. It's promoted people think that they could say whatever they want on the internet. And this is going to change what's credible and what's not by verifying who it is. Because let's be, let's be frank, the internet is our new public square. You can go in there and call yourself, you know, whatever you want to call yourself, like ABC, the friend, right? CIA, the friend, whatever you want to call yourself. 
right? But when nobody, when you don't have a face and you're hiding behind a fake handle and nobody knows your identity, why would anyone take you seriously? And this is, this was the point of my article about truth social. It wasn't to knock. It's like, we're doing the same thing. This is how it opens up to having all of these bots and all of these things happening. You know, the fake news, the perpetuation, the dropping, you know, I I saw on Twitter people sharing, oh, look, the snowball, it's not melting. And it's like, dude, that was from years ago. Okay. Your water has been shit for years. You're just paying attention now because some of these health people are going to tell you how you're going to clear your body of all these toxins and you're going to run and throw money at them. It's, it's like COVID, you know, again, I'm just saying, because we had talked about graphene. We had talked about all of this stuff before the vaccine even came. You guys already knew that's the point. You know, in, in war, right, and you can quote me on this, if you can see the threat, it's not a fucking threat. It's what you don't see. It's the stories you don't see, right? It's the things they tell you or what somebody who you believe is, you know, an insider or has great aspect spins it for you. It's taking a look behind the curtain, For example, let's pretend I go to a restaurant with, um, let me see, let me pick someone from the chat. Let me swap back with um, RR Finn, New Jersey. So me and RR Finn, New Jersey go to a restaurant and then we both, I get up because I need to go to the bathroom. RR Finn, New Jersey wants to go to the bathroom too, right? And it just so happens when we go to the bathroom, someone snaps a picture of both of us heading toward the back room right? And then they snap a picture of, I don't know, um, Eric Trump going toward the back. So now there's a picture of us going to the back because we're going to the bathroom. And it just so happened that Eric Trump was in the vicinity. So he's going to the bathroom, right? And suddenly there's a story of RR Finn NJ and Tori having meetings in the bathroom with Eric Trump. See, that's because they spin it to you like that, right? But it wasn't that. It was, I had a pee. The other person had a pee. And that person was either going to pee or going somewhere else. That's the real story. So sometimes we have to look past the picture to actually know the story, right? And it, and that's the difficult thing. So we're going to get into Pizzagate, but before we get in there, I wanted us to kind of reset. The news are all crazy. It's only about Ukraine giving all this money, amping up for war. Hey, China, don't even think about it. Like, whatever. Turkey, you got to let the Norns, whatever. This is, And then we have Kevin McCarthy dropping publicly. This should be publicly available to every single person in America right now. All the J6 footage video. And someone's going to be like, oh, my gosh, Tori, they're going to scoop your. Are they, though? No. Because what have I said before? You let them talk and then you come in with the actual facts because you let them be their spin doctors and how they're going to tell you because they're in panic mode and it's both sides, left and right are in full panic mode. Because, you know, as I've said, sometimes you just have to go a little bit warp speed and this isn't just talking about vaccines, right? Which I mentioned again. They had already experimented. I showed you that China had banned the use um, of remdesivir in March of 2020. They had already started experimenting the year before, and Trump saw the writing on the wall. But everyone keeps talking. 
Mm. And I've also educated you over the years to understand that, you know, your code is just like computer code. It's molecular hacking. You guys all know, right? You all know. So don't get startled. If you know, then why are you afraid? It doesn't make sense. Well, and this is why I'm going to showcase to you the problem with Pizzagate and how it went out of control. And that was exactly the intention. But before we do that, I want to showcase a video. And it's um, about the prophet Idris. And this is coming from Bobby's perspective. The guy that compares Orthodox Christianity to Islam. Now, I want you guys to just um, take this break, right? This is a break because this is food for your soul, right? I'll skip through any advertisements because I shouldn't be allowing advertisements. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter, but I'll try to. I want you guys to listen to this video. And okay, obviously, this is a Bible lesson. Obviously, this is talking about something, but I want you guys to pay attention to the moral of the story because this is going to be the theme for March. So I just want you guys to um, look at it from this perspective. Enjoy, and I'll see you in about 10 minutes. If you haven't subscribed already, guys, please do so. With no further ado, let's have a look. And make mention in the book of the prophet Idris. We raised him to a very high level. Idris السلام, was the first to take up arms against another army, to fight against injustice. And he is the first man to ever write with the pen. Indeed, he was very truthful and he was a prophet. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had chosen after Adam the son of Adam Shaith. And from Sheath he had Anush who was one of his one of his sons. Who carried out his mission after him. Then after him his son Kenan. From there was Mihlail, and from Mihlail was Yarid or Yarid. Who took charge of his mission. And here the Quran, the next man or the son that came after him, the Quran mentions him. His name is Idris alayhi salam. Idris was born at the time of Adam. He was born when Adam alayhi salam was 840 years old. So Idris met Adam and Adam met Idris. Idris is the sixth grandson of Adam. In biblical terms, ancient names, he was called Enoch. He learned from Adam alayhi salam, he learned from, from okay. Sheet alayhi salam. And the Enoch, Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said Idris was a prophet. He was very good looking, he was very calm, he had a full grown beard. Mashallah. And he spoke very, very clearly. He was very patient. Idris السلام, was tall in stature, 60 cubits tall. And when he walked, his footsteps were long. They were big footsteps. They were similar to the footsteps of Muhammad And he walked calmly. He spoke very little. That if ever he wanted to speak, he would speak something beneficial words of wisdom or he would be silent. And when he walked, it was not his nature to constantly look upwards. He used to look downwards, like a person who constantly was thinking. So he'd walk and he would think a lot, ponder a lot, contemplate a lot. And he is the first man to ever write with the pen. So writing before Idris did not exist. 
until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught Idris how to write. And Idris alayhi salam is the one that taught people how to write. Aziz, always shout, man. He came as a prophet not Why? to stop people from shirk or to call them to the correct information, but rather to help stop and call people away from acts of corruption, which they knew were corruption. Away from their desires, as we know, such as zina and the act of killing. The people of that time were all upon Tawheed. But they were committing many sins and ignorance was spreading among them. He strove so hard and he spread the message and reminded people so much to bring them back to the straight path. When he saw the corruption spreading, especially among the people of Qabil, and that corruption is spreading even within the people of Idris, so Idris السلام, declared war against the corruption. The first prophet and messenger to call for jihad fighting in the path of Allah was Idris السلام, And he prepared an army of horsemen and people walking, fighting against the people of Qabil and the corruption of the people of Qabil. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave victory to Idris السلام. Allah says, and mention in the book, in the Quran, Idris. He was a truthful prophet. And we raised him high in the heaven. What is meant when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and we raised him high in the heavens? Abdullah ibn Abbas once asked Ubay ibn Ka'ab radiallahu ta'ala anhuma about this verse. And we elevated him a high position. He asked him, what's this about Idris? So Ubay ibn Ka'ab said, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed to Idris one day that every day your deeds are equivalent to the good deeds of everybody else on the face of the earth. Over his own deeds, over his own rewards, over the good deeds of Idris, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will also give him the rewards of all the people living at the time of Idris. With simple calculation, Sayyidina Idris said, if that is the case, then if I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give me a longer life, I would be able to accumulate more good deeds. So he had a friend from Very the sense. angels and he spoke to this friend. Why don't we speak to the angel of death? Let's see what he has to say. To say, look, just try and see if you can seek permission to prolong a little bit. So the angel says, look, that is a matter that is decreed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. However, there's no harm in trying. Come, you ride on my wing and let's go. So Idris السلام, went on the back of this angel and flew with him all the way to the heavens. He crossed the first heaven, he crossed the second heaven, he crossed the third heaven. When he got to the fourth heaven, they met the angel of death who was descending down to the earth. So this angel told the angel of death that Idris is asking that if he could make him live longer, so this angel of death said, oh, where's Idris? Then this angel said, he is with me, he is also on the fourth heaven. Then Malakul Maut said, Subhanallah. So the angel told him, what's amazing? He said that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered me to take the soul of Idris in the fourth heaven. And I wondered how I'm going to do this. <laughs> Subhanallah. He brought him there. Idris came with one intention. Angel of death came with another. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only happened what he wills. 
this angel speaking with the angel of death look there's actually a hilarious metaphor and reminds me of course of the quran when it states but they plan and allah plans and allah is the best of planners but moreover it raises the question of free will of course because the free will of idris told him that he would like to do more good and therefore live longer free will so as you could see and i and i've said this many, many times. For those of you that believe in God, right? And I have listeners that subscribe to many religions. It is important to read them all because you will see some things overlap with others. As I've said before, if the Egyptians had a lake and not a river, their God would have been a lake God, not a river God. Every single civilization throughout time and space <laughs> interprets the unknown in their own way. And they try to set a book of rules. And remember, what does the word Allah mean? It means God. It, it's not his name. It's not like Joe or Frank. It just means God. And see, this is the bad problem we have. People like to redefine things. Have you ever heard a Christian service, Catholic or Christian Orthodox in Arabic? Huh? They say Allah, right? Have you ever heard, you know, Jewish, you know, scriptures being read in Arabic? Allah, if they literally translate it, right? which they won't because it's usually done in Hebrew, but whatever. Pointing things out. If you actually take these books and, you know, if you have time on your hands, put out the timelines of what they're saying, and you can see that they're actually history. And they are telling you things. While they have been grandiose, all these books to be uh, mythical in nature, or it's, you know, why would God do that? Matthew's job was to transcribe, to be the historian. So were the others. They were telling their stories just like we're documenting our story. It's all the same. And that's the thing. People refuse to listen. And when you refuse to listen, you refuse to live. The minute you stop learning is the minute you actually have internal death. Okay? When you're just waking up, sleeping, rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. It's always about learning and expanding and trying to understand. So it's very important that people understand that. That, you know, these misconceptions of utilizing words, you know. You know, there are some Christian factions that think the word Yahweh is blasphemy. Why? Because someone told them that. They think that when, it, when it's just God's name or the name given to God. I say this because, ha, in the month of March, you will see the power of the pen that Enoch, who's also called Idris, in another book, right, that is not the Bible, right, used his pen to fight corruption. You're going to see how things happen because your history is skewed. Please always have an open mind. Because what you're about to hear today, for all of you that see swirly things and start foaming at the mouth with Pizzagate, you're going to see just how they took that and amplified it only to make all of you look crazy. Why? Because it's okay if you call out pedophiles. 
as long as you don't pop the whole operation. So let's remember how Pizzagate was fake news, which it wasn't, but this is how they spun it. And then people were hijacked. Like I said, the Q movement was hijacked. Why not? It's low hanging fruit. They pander to the fears while people are so shocked at, oh my God, there's people that rape kids. Yeah. I mean, some religions said it was okay to have sex with 10 year olds, right? It's nothing new. That is a dominance thing, right? In China, they would give them away to the king, you know, at a very young age. In Greece, in Italy, they were all young and married off really early, 12, 14. So it's not something that hasn't been. So Epstein, was he a pedophile? Yes. He had sex with children, of course. But was he the pedophile broker? No. He was just Lane Maxwell. And they groomed your politicians and they groomed your newscasters, your influencers, your CEOs, your CFOs to be okay with the idea of having sex with children. Some of them just completely go off the rails where there's a medical team to collect whatever's left of the child when they're done. But Epstein's Island, keep in mind, yes, they may have had orgy fest, but the biggest orgy fest was it, what was it, Sir... Sir Virgin Atlantic Island with Obama right after he Hillary lost. I said he lost because that's the, the truth. So these are things that you should be paying attention to. So now let's visit this fake news, right? Apparently it's fake news, and I'll tell you why. Plastic tales that some believe to be true. Chip Reed reports that one phony item led to a dangerous situation in Washington. 28-year-old Edgar Welch was arrested in Washington Sunday afternoon outside Comet Ping Pong, a popular family pizza parlor. D.C. police say Welch fired at least one round into the restaurant floor with an AR-15 rifle like this one on his Facebook page. No one was injured. Police say Welch drove all the way from North Carolina to self-investigate Pizzagate, a fictitious online conspiracy theory. Pizzagate started on the internet shortly before election day when right-wing sites that make up fake news spread rumors that Hillary Clinton was involved in a child sex trafficking ring in D.C. Now they knew all the emails were coming out, right? They knew all the emails were coming out. So the way that they could get ahead of this is to ensure that they can make everyone look crazy. And this would help them in the future. If more information came out, you're just crazy, right? Comet ping pong, accurate. They have parties, possibly, you know, to have fun. Just like some of the emails said, come and have fun in the warm pool. We have ages six, seven, eight, nine, whatever they had. And they're warm and ready for you. Uh, obviously, the FBI's, you know, list of pedo signs were there because they knew that people would latch on and go berserk because it's real. And how can you not, you know, feel compelled to talk about it all the time and show what they're doing to these young children, right? And that's true. It is true. But it's the story that they want you to run with. And so they're going to taint it and make you look crazy. Because the real story is what chapter one was about. And I'll walk you through it. And that's the thing. Human psyche is to the point where it can only take so much. It's a, it's a layered operation, almost like J6 was. Layered operation. 
There was main operations, other operation to cover that operation, then an operation to counter the first operation, and then another operation to counter the counter of the second operation, and then cover up their tracks for doing the operation. It's layered and layered and layered and layered. And the same thing here. They knew all of this was coming out. They knew that there was a trickle of this information out there. They knew. And I'm going to... These people are really sick. And I say this in the sense of illness sick. And I'll walk you through how it's done. And then you'll understand because Epstein looked like he was playing the role of a manager. No, he was. He was the point man for a lot of things. And we're going to walk through it. And I'm going to show you some videos because this is going to tell you how they took Pizzagate, right? Which was the tip of the iceberg. It's like a small percentage, right? The, the, the child rape, the, the, the enslavement of children. It's a very small sliver. Again, your politicians, your scientists, listen, how are you going to see a fellow human being as a piece of meat? When you start doing things to innocent human beings, it makes you blank inside. You're like numb inside. You see humans as nothing but a commodity and it takes time. Okay. It takes time to do that. And see if all of them are doing it, it should be okay. Right? So if you're on a plane with a bunch of people and you see Michael Wolf taking head from a prepubescent teen, everyone's awkwardly laughing. The new guy's like, oh, I guess everybody does that. Mm, I wonder what that's like. And this is it. And that's the thing that they took it and they amplified it so that they can make you look crazy. Let me continue this report. Court documents say Welch read online that the Comet restaurant was harboring child sex slaves and he was armed to help rescue them. He surrendered peacefully when he found no evidence that underage children were being harbored in the restaurant. Pizzagate has been pushed by Michael G. Flynn, son of retired Lieutenant General Michael T. Flynn, chosen by President-elect Trump to be his national security advisor. The two were seen together at Trump Tower last month. After Welch's arrest Sunday, the younger Flynn tweeted, until Pizzagate proven to be false, it'll remain a story. General Flynn himself has also spread stories claiming to link Mrs. Clinton to criminal activity. Six days before the election, Flynn tweeted, you decide NYPD blows whistle on new Hillary emails, money laundering, sex crimes with children, etc. Must read. The story he referred to was fake. We respect your idea to protest. Please and, stay and all day. This is not the first time Pizzagate believers have confronted Comet Ping Pong owner James Alephantis. He says he's been getting threats for weeks. These stories are completely and entirely As false. As he should. What happened today demonstrates that promoting false and reckless conspiracy theories do come with consequences. This was a terrifying experience for my children. Sharif Simley was at Comet Ping Pong with his wife and three children when Welch walked in. This is nothing but, you know, terrorism, and it should be condemned as such. In addition to the AR-15. Okay, so as you heard, terrorism, right? Now, these people are disgusting. Alephantis should be locked up for what he's done because he's part of the grooming clique, okay? Part of the clique that makes it cool. You know, there are people that don't like to admit, but there's some times where you're hanging out with a group that finds drinking tequila every night is pretty cool. So you jump in on the bandwagon and there you are drinking tequila, feeling empty inside. But since everyone else is having fun, you must be having fun too at some point, right? That's the way it is. So you have your groomers and then your brokers. Now, 
<clears throat> Just so you know, that guy was locked up, forget this, a whopping four years, which pre-detainment. Mm, so he's already out on the streets. Where is he at right now? Funny thing is, I just wanted to point out, mm, people that work for the intelligence community have uh, feminine or male middle names or first names on purpose. And that's for purpose. And if you know what this guy's full name is, you'll be pretty interested to know that his middle name is Madison right? Madison, 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 as in like Madison with two D's, <laughs> like girly, right? So where is Edgar? Hmm? Where is he? Back in North Carolina? His name is Edgar Madison Welch, M-A-D-D-I-S-O-N. This was an operation that's why you only got four years. I mean, it's not like you can walk into a place with an AR-14, AR I would say, AR-15. Say, oh, I just checked, and since there's nothing there, I'm not shooting people up, and just get four years. And see, obviously, with good time, he's been out, okay? So, uh, you know, he just died in the darkness, and no one paid attention. It was an operation to amplify just to set the tone that talking about these things creates radicals, right? And Stay off the street. Don't take things into your hand. Use your freaking pen. Just like Enoch did. He used his freaking pen. He wrote, wrote the pen. Now, if anybody can find, um, you know, Madison Welch, let me know. So that's number one. It was an operation to make people look crazy. And the thing is, the federal government, take this. The federal government took over the prosecution of this guy. Right. So Edgar Welch was arrested on December 4th outside of Ping Pong Restaurant in Northwest Washington, um, you know, to investigate. Right. And according to the criminal complaint, he went to the pizza shop armed with a rifle in the style of an AR-15 to liberate the children he believed were being held captive. Now, they're not going to keep their stock there. And, you know, there are basements like all this stuff that has come out is true. I'm trying to point out to you what the operation was back then. I'm trying to help you see operations so that way you can smell them out, right? So obviously we had the lunatic that went there. Was he a lunatic? Asset. Because the federal government jumped in and took over. So he was facing four gun charges and he had his preliminary hearing right then and there. But they put out a federal warrant. So now that was actually taken in by the federal government. Why did they step in? It's a local thing. So a guy walks into a store. Why did the FBI take jurisdiction? Why? Ask yourself, why? So the pizza man, the pizza gate gunman is out of prison, right? He's out. He was out last year, February 17th, 2021. So he's out. Where is he? What, what is Edgar Madison Welch doing? These are questions you should ask yourself. These are a lot of questions you should ask yourself. And this is how you take over things. This is how you amplify a corner of the darkest parts of the internet and make people think that that is the only thing going. Well, that's not true. That is really not true. See, one thing you don't think about, and I've said this before, is Ethiopia being the center of AI research. 
Now, I've talked about the Six Foundation or Jeffrey Epstein's Six Foundation and what he had been doing. And it seems like everyone is okay with saying, oh, you went to the island. You're a pedophile. Probably are because you need some backup. You know, obviously, Stephen Hawkins that went there is not a pedophile because he couldn't get it up. He can't even talk. So why was he there? Research. Children. Research. Children. Research. See, Ghislaine Maxwell was the one that would lure these businessmen and these, you know, uh, big people in. Stanford, Yale, Harvard, MIT, tons of money for research. Saudis, research. That's why he got a passport too. Qatar, research. Africa, research. Bill Gates, of course, research. They don't see you as a human being. They can rape children, eat children, or get a ton of organs, you know, flipped out so they stay younger and healthier, right, all the time. Or maybe they can put them in a corner and give them something like Steve Jobs and say, well, if you comply and you work with us, we can give you a brand new pancreas and you won't die. Guess what he said? Fuck you. He's dead. See, these are the things that people need to be paying attention to. The real story behind the story that they made you think you're crazy. For example, if you look, all these people looking at these websites and they're like, oh my gosh, they're selling a kid. Mm, but for what? You think it's for sex when they have a destiny brown, you know, drawers, um, brown five drawer, blah, blah, blah. They explain it. And it's $55,000, right? There's actually codes in the organ donation market for what some organs are called online. Some are shoes, some are dressers, some are artwork. They're very specific. So when you're seeing Destiny's five drawer, whatever, it could be referring to five-year-old kidneys, both black child because the furniture is fucking white on the picture. These are the things people need to be paying attention to, right? These are the things people need to be paying attention to. The, the amplification of making you look crazy because you're so disrupted internally about raping children. And again, if you guys saw chapter one, there was a snippet where, you know, one of the traffickers says, you know, when people want to have their way with a child, they get so brutal that we have to have a medical team on standby to collect and harvest whatever salvageable of those children. In North Dakota, when I was there, back in uh, 20, 2015, oh my gosh, this is so disgusting, just thinking about it. There were in, at the Air Force, a bunch of people that were actually pimping out babies. Air Force. Four of them were arrested in a sting because someone got a text. That text actually went to a politician. I wonder why the U.S. Marshal resigned in the middle of the night. Go figure. No one's answered that question yet. And that was after his deputy, um, U.S. Marshal, was locked up seven years for creeping on girls. And they really toned it down. But I want you to think of it. The, four people were arrested. And that just all went away because the feds took over. They make things go away. Remember, Podesta went to Minot, North Dakota in 2016. It's all in the emails if people are paying attention at the time of this baby stuff. But nobody, nobody 
look between anything. They just amplify because I see people looking at the Greek key saying, oh my God, that's a pedophile floor. You know, when Biden and, 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 and Zelensky were there, it's because they have actually hacked your mind. So that is all you see. That is all you see. And that's because it troubles you so much. This is psychology 101. That was a brilliant operation that they did and brilliant, by the way, of its effectiveness, not saying that it's a good thing, but it was brilliant. They knew it was real. They knew that those emails were real. They knew what was happening. They knew the videos were right. I mean, they have Wiener's laptop. They have everything. We have everything. So what did they do? They were like, oh, forget it. Let's just let them sit in conspiracy. Let's just make it really dangerous so we don't get people to go and investigate things reasonably. Like, hey, I like to ask you about this. Or, hey, do you have a pool in your backyard? And who are these three kids? The way we stop them from doing what they want is by scaring them and saying, now you're a crazy conspiracy theorist. So people lost their mind when that happened because they knew what they were talking about is true. And the media made them look crazy by this guy named Edgar Madison Welch. Madison Welch. So it was brilliantly done. Best psychological operation I've seen to counter real information from getting out and tainting it. And obviously... You know, um, Pizzagate is not fake. It is actually 1 million percent real, but it's not the story you really want. You know, all these people with their mad cow's disease, I've, I've told you, I see JD, I've been talking about that a lot because that is a side effect you get from multiple organ transplants too. You don't have to just eat people, Right. And if you listen carefully, like someone spotted that John Kerry had a heart transplant years ago. Think about Selena Gomez and two donors. How was she at the top of the list so quick? Is it because she's Selena? These are questions you should be asking. These are legitimate questions you should be asking. How many of them have gotten skin transplants? Oh, and you need them to be kind of alive for that. Or when Jimmy Carter got his heart, you know, at the same time, this black guy went into the hospital for having an accident and his heart went missing. They just harvested it. No questions asked. These are questions you should be asking. These are the facts. See, Pizzagate is real, but they were hiding the more bigger monstrosities that they are doing. And then one will be like, well, what are they doing with all of that? Well, just what Epstein was doing too. Let me show you how up and coming Ethiopia, who we were obviously back in the day donating money because they were so poor, right? Are at the tip of, get this, artificial intelligence. It has been hogging the limelight for some time now. But what many do not know is that her software was partly developed in Ethiopia ICOG Labs is located in Addis Ababa and its founder has high hopes for young Ethiopians. Chaum Gono has more. Sophia is one of the world's most sophisticated humanoid robots. Well, since I don't have a biological sleep pattern, my dreams are more aspirational than like your unconscious cinema. But I think that as my artificial intelligence develops, my mind will be online for longer and longer periods of time. She was partly developed at Ethiopia's iCloud Labs, which has customers in the US, Canada, and China. Back home, iCloud is working with the government, high schools, and universities to ensure the next generation is comfortable operating in the world of artificial intelligence. iCloud Lab is one of the most strongest AI outsourcing companies 
in Africa. We have a part in developing of world leading uh, robot in emotional and expressive because this Sophia robot, she got also citizen from Saudi Arabia. We have a major development parts in that. We are building the world leading AI blockchain platforms. We call this singularitynet.io. We are a core participant of this one. So I can say that we are in the leading age of AI and uh, blockchain. Although the tech space here is still in its infancy, Asefa is confident that with the right support, AI and other kinds of innovation could give Ethiopia the push it needs to catch up and even bypass other countries. If a kid in, in uh, Gambella, if he creates software and he wants to expand it to across the, the Africa or Ethiopia, how you evaluate that software? How much that software works? It is the next Snapchat or the next Facebook. How did you evaluate that? There is no way of evaluating such type of softwares in Ethiopia. To get loan, to get fund, or to to have some sponsor or funding or, or some sort. That's what I'm saying. While the world embraces new technology, there are concerns that the rise of robots will lead to job cuts. However, some researchers like Asefa believe that AI will never advance to human levels and rather will create a growing demand for skilled workers like the young people he's training in Ethiopia. Chomhono CGTN. Well then, well then, and you know what? And I've written about this too. It was Jeffrey Epstein's, you know, Six Foundation that funded that while Tedros was the Department of Health or Health Minister of Ethiopia. And that is where the, you know, um, whole experimentation began. And that's why it had nothing to do, you know, he didn't get the position for who because, you know, he's just a good guy. It's because he facilitated research and this is why the CIA and the FBI allowed this dark program to go on. It's huge. And that's the real story. Here's a story from 10 years ago. Please sink your teeth into this one. Yeah, thank you. Good morning. Excellencies, distinguished guests, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great pleasure and honor to take part in, the, in this landmark event. On behalf of the government of, and people of Ethiopia, let me start by thanking the government of the United Kingdom and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and all those involved in the organization of this momentous summit. Secretary Michel and Ms. Gates, your personal commitment to advancing the health and rights of women and men throughout the developing world is an inspiration to all of us. We salute you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have before us a unique opportunity to transform the lives of millions of women and men around the world by, restoring to by resolving to accelerate access to family planning. Timing is the essence. And I say this because I truly believe that the key conditions for achieving real and unprecedented impact are now aligned 
like never before. I want to highlight three key ingredients in particular. First, the progress already achieved in building up health systems and improving health outcomes over the last decades provides us with a stronger footing for scaling up access to family planning. Reinforced by the 2015 MDGs, countries have achieved tremendous progress, particularly on the first two parts of the four-point ICPD action plan set 20 years ago in Cairo, universal access to education and, and reducing child mortality. In fact, emboldened by the substantial global progress on child health, last month in Washington, D.C., we launched a new global call to action on child survival. We all came away from that meeting greatly energized. Of course, we know that improved child survival has a significant impact in increasing demand for family planning. Importantly, we agreed that stronger emphasis will be needed on advancing a continuum of care for maternal, newborn, and child health. Second, family planning, which has proven to be a highly politicized issue over the years, is now starting to be seen in different light by many. Providing access to family planning is about social justice. It's about upholding the rights of women and men to choose. It's about empowering them to take control of their own lives. However, our progress in the latter two ICPD objectives, reducing maternal mortality and broadening access to reproductive health services and family planning, has been relatively slower. Why? I believe largely because all the key conditions for success had not been adequately aligned. A strong political will, real country ownership and a commitment to understand and work together with communities to address socio-cultural and economic barriers to accessing health services, as well as the investments needed in building national capacities to deliver the services at scale. All these are in a problem. This summit, I believe, will be a real opportunity to turn things around. Thirdly, today we have studies that have shown that voluntary contraceptive use can avert more than half of all maternal deaths in the developing world. This result lays bare our moral obligation to ensure universal access to family planning. Inaction is no longer an option. Also, in order to really impact maternal health, we must continue to push on all the other key factors, including ensuring girls' education, access to skill-based attendance, and overall improvements in living conditions. Let me now turn to the encouraging progress my own country, Ethiopia, is already making on family planning. Our government is committed to enabling women and men to choose whether, when, and how many children they have through the use of proven family planning methods. We're building a women-centered health system and family planning is part of our efforts to improve the health, the health of women and girls. We now have in place a strong primary health care service. Health extension workers in every village across our country are reaching women with vital reproductive health and family planning information. As a result, we have seen an unprecedented upsurge of real voluntary demand for contraceptive use. The broader range of free modern contraceptive options we offer has also been key to fueling demand. And we have made significant progress in meeting this demand, and the unmet need for family planning in Ethiopia has declined, and the contraceptive prevalence rate has doubled in five years. Based on the current trends, contraceptive prevalence will reach 65% by 2015, by reaching additional 6.2 million women and adolescent girls. 
This is a very ambitious goal, but our government's commitment to realizing it is steadfast. The current demographic transition of falling birds and death rates presents us with a unique window of opportunity to sustain economic growth and secure Ethiopia's place as a middle-income country by 2022. It's an opportunity that we cannot afford to miss. We're determined to close the family planning gap and accelerate our efforts on maternal and child health. This is why we are now focusing on three key issues or three key challenges. First, recognizing that early childbearing is a major contributor to maternal mortality. Second, we must do more on ensuring commodity security by both strengthening the supply chain and expanding contraceptive methods we offer. Third, although we're increasing our national budgetary allocations to family planning each year, we still have a 50% funding gap for commodities. These challenges amount to five-point action plan for Ethiopia. We will make family planning a cross-sectoral development issues by, security, by securing family planning commodities across all stakeholders and all leadership levels. We will make more domestic funding, funding available for family planning. We will focus more efforts on adolescent girls by expanding youth-friendly services. We will scale up delivery of services to hard-to-reach groups. We will monitor the availability of contraceptives by using innovative approaches. Ethiopia is committed to take a very bold action and will never shy away, but we will fight because it's a cause worth fighting. We also count on the continued support of all our partners. We have very high hopes that this landmark initiative will help us mobilize the resources and ensure affordable market to make a lasting difference in the lives of millions. In closing, let me just add that it's not what we promise here today, but we will do when, but here today, but we will do when we go back home that matters. Let's seize this opportunity today to give millions of people the choice of how they will live their lives tomorrow. If united, anything is possible. I wish us a successful summit. Thank you so much. Now, as you can see, Ted Rose was the Minister of Health at the time. And I've said this before, and Epstein was funding and conducting those experiments in Ethiopia, which is the most odd place to say is the top artificial intelligence institute. It's just so weird. How, does there, how is there an Ethiopian Artificial Intelligence Institute when they're running commercials of how hungry everyone in Ethiopia is and you know, how, how difficult it is for them? There is a great need for human organs because many people suffer from end-stage organ failure or irreversible organ damage. And the only way to, this, to actually restore their health and extend their lives is through organ transplantation. Now, obviously, after showing you guys chapter one, and I'm going to refer back to my hemovores episode, right? But all of you are starting to see the signs. It's almost like when you're pregnant, you start noticing all the pregnant people. This is the same effect that it has, right, on the people. Same effect. So you're going to say, well, there are several reasons why there's a shortage of organs available for transplantation. Firstly, the demand for organs exceeds the supply. 
Many people who are on the waiting list for an organ transplant may wait months or even years before a suitable donor organ becomes available. Not only that, we have companies and corporations that decide who gets the organ and it has to be according to their regulations, right? But if you get caught with decapitated heads, right, or any body parts, or maybe you're a guy that gets pulled over and has, you know, how many penises in their trunk, real penises in the trunk. No one's going to ask questions. It's okay. Right? Remember, I wrote that article where the person was stopped. Everything for a reason. Choosing end of life. Specifically fentanyl overdoses. When they overdosed a child, you know, that was supposedly dying, the doctor gave him an overdose of fentanyl. Because fentanyl has a weird effect as an opioid. Aside from killing you because it um, affects the uh, actions of your midbrain, which is your innate um, ability to get your lungs going, your heart pumping, you know, all these parasympathetic things that you do. Like, why would the doctor overdose the child? I mean, they're still investigating it, right? What's there to investigate? Or that paraplegic where they wanted his organs, but now he's a paraplegic because of mistakes the hospital made and they were trying to convince them to be an organ donor. He wakes up. I wrote an article about him too. So the thing is, the real story is a lot more evil than the evil that you see of torturing children. Because again, those children are tortured. Some of them that are likable may maintain their position as just being used as toys while others are used and then come in and they harvest them. You have to understand that there are reasons for the shortage, which is that, that, uh, you know, there's a high demand. Secondly, not everyone who wants to be an organ donor is able to donate their organs. Another weird one there, right? Your large intestine goes for a lot on the market. Your heart, your eyes, right? Do you know how many people right now are selling their organs so they can pay off debt? or maybe get a rental house in the United States that came in through the border? Where'd all those children go when they were parked off, got off a plane unmarked with these people and the, the bus was stopped by the police and it turned out it was DHS? Where are they taking all of these kids? Wait till we get into the medical kidnap where your kids, when they take their blood at the foot, right? When they're babies, right? Especially to unwed moms or they'll say whatever. Medical kidnap is real. Parents that actually do get their child's back should look if they're missing any organs or have any weird scars. This is real stuff. This is real. A lot of people have become hesitant to be organ donors due to cultural or religious beliefs or lack of awareness or other reasons, kind of like maybe mandatory. And there aren't many healthcare professionals that are trained in this. And see, here's the reason why they chose the Pizzagate route and why they amplified it. And this is where the problem is. Imagine everybody finding out, right? And I want you to listen carefully to these words that I tell you. Imagine if people find out that Pizzagate was indeed an operation and Madison, I, mm, who else has a middle name like Madison? So weird. So Edgar Madison Welch was actually an operator that went down to Comet Ping Pong to amplify it because they didn't want you to know that they've been stealing kids from impoverished families for organs, that they're importing people on our trains and planes through borders or walking them across for organs. 
when they find out how many organ transplants their politicians have had, that's private identifying information, private health care information. That's a violation of HIPAA. But I'm pretty sure someone's hacked that shit because it's all in the cloud. So imagine if all of that was out there and they realized that they're being harvested. That you seem to not be touched because you are of no use to them right now. What about the blood donations? Remember how the person said, I feel like a cow. They open them up in the most poor places where they're draining people dry of blood for $80. I want you to think how many homeless people go missing. How many children go missing to address the shortage of organs that they have. People should ask themselves, how did this performer get an organ transplant so quickly? Why is my friend still on the list? Why are there so many stipulations, but other people just get it? Why would, you know, Rockefeller get a heart transplant, you know, when he's got one foot in the grave at the age of 90, when there's someone that's 25 years old, that could have had that heart. These are all questions you should be asking. Because when they let you run with something and then they amplify it to make you look crazy, it's because they're hiding the most sinister thing. And this is it. This is the most sinister thing. There are non-traditional sources for organs in transplantation. One of them is using illegal migrants that the left is like, ah, open up borders. Yeah, they need more organs. They need more body parts. They need more people to experiment on. You think that they're going to experiment with someone that has family? They're going to pick up the crackhead on the street. They're going to pick up the young girl with the coyote, right? Or they're going to be like, hey, mom, you sacrifice yourself for science and your kids will go over. But little does she know that her kids are going to be in another program. How do you think they do these genetic hybrid things? You think they're only working with pigs? Interesting, the pig. (laughs) Wait till you see its DNA. These are really important things. You have to think, what is the brain initiative? What does Obamacare really say about human experimentation? Have you seen the brain initiative? I've gone over it. That Greenwald guy that flipped his shit, you know, out on, on the West Coast at the university, if you remember, he was actually a participant in that. And if you read the details, they're literally opening up people's brains and putting things in their brains while they're alive. This is not a joke. This is reality. And it is one of the hardest realities to come to. And this is why I have been trying to kind of, you know, drip it in there. Because I see the insane tangents that people go on. Oh my God, look, that's like a pizza symbol. Stop. Why did the FBI give it to you? Well, the CIA, whatever. They made it so you can see it. Because they know that you would react the way you did. Almost like you knew that when Blinken's going to go tell, hey, Erdogan, you need to let the Nords, let's just give him a couple hundred earthquakes again until he fucking listens. This is the problem. The reality, these people are sick, like literally sick. You sit there and wonder how Tom Cruise looks like the way he does. And then you have to wonder, how is this done? Here's what Ghislaine Maxwell's job was, to go and interact with people that needed investments on research. We should, you know, Kansas State University was the first one to ask about, you know, stem cells and stuff. You know, those in Kansas can go start asking questions. It's funded with federal dollars. These are questions you can ask. The whole business of Planned Parenthood. Come on, guys. Take a step back. 
They took Pizzagate, which is a little sliver, which is how they groomed them into seeing human beings as commodities, just like Ted Rose said when he was Minister of Health, and his people within Ethiopia through these, uh, as um, there is some video footage that says they're too dumb to know as long as their families have a goat or something like that. And that should be coming out in the future in one of my chapters. But again, this is a man that sacrificed his own people, the people that actually got the, you know, ark, right? (laughs) It's so weird. You know, it's not even legal to sell your organs, but then you have to define selling. Is it, I'm selling it, but in exchange, I get to go over the border. I'm selling it in exchange, you reduce my sentence. I'm selling it, that's a sale right? You're getting something. But the sale of human organs is widely considered to be unethical, right? And generally prohibited by law. But in the United States, we don't have any laws that say that you can't transport human organs or heads or hands or feet. There are some people that purchase them because they want to eat them and it's totally legal. But there are several reasons why um, it's usually not legal, because allowing the sale of organs would create an incentive for people to exploit others. (laughs) And hence, it's an illegal trade. And if you take a step back and look at the type of discussions that happened around Pizzagate, right, which was a real thing, it was completely amplified. People missed the mark. They see all these extraordinary purchases, like here's a dresser for like $300,000 when the same one is like 200 bucks somewhere else. It's because they're selling the product. Could it be for sexual pleasure? Maybe. But I could tell you here in Cleveland, I've been paying attention. Well, thank God I have a really good triad of a team. Uh, The Ukrainian refugees that are here, actually, there's a possibility that there is an organ extraction place, and I'm trying to see if it's cooperating with a specific hospital. And I'm saying this because maybe this will deter further activity sometimes if you let them know you're coming. It sets a bit of a fire and they trip. It's quite out in the open and that's what's really weird. That we have so much evil and yet we're only focusing on the digestible portions. I think it's a lot easier to get a lot more people on board when you show the organ trade, when you show that you are simply a commodity. And that's where we, the people, can get our, you know, and how do they call it in that document? I'm trying to remember. Um, targeting people, a.k.a. trailer trash, people in the ghetto. These are all quotes from a document. They go to the people that have nothing, kind of like Danny Fuller, my witness. It's family. We're simple people, paycheck to paycheck, you know. Well, and they target specific people. There are people that, you know, have a baby and then they go to the hospital and then they take it away and they're like, what are you doing? And they've never seen their child again. Or they tell their kids it's dead, but they never see the baby or something like that. Why do you think they're so insane about Planned Parenthood? Well, you think it's, oh, they want the babies. They just want to kill them. It's a ritual. No, they need the parts. 
They can grow a human ear on a rat. You don't think that they can take an aborted fetus and grow that somewhere in a medium so they can supply that to someone that needs it? I mean, here's where we get into like some weird territory, but this is fact. The organ trade is the booming market. That's what human and child trafficking is about, you guys. In Ukraine, you saw that video on my chapter one. Still on For those on Locals that are my annual subscribers, you get to keep that forever, okay? Remember Ukraine, 2022? They're stealing organs. You know, I was watching a show, this um, show on Netflix um, called Mr. Queen. And it's a phantasmical show. Um, and I only watched like two episodes, but it was pretty cool. The Koreans, for some reason, have a lot of, you know, their Korean wood, right? Has a lot of juju flying, you know, of creativity and putting out stories, very interesting ones, almost like they're like George Orwell's. But in this one, it was a phantasmical story of a guy who's like this top chef. And I didn't even understand the whole debacle he was in, in today's time. And then apparently he falls into a coma and he transforms into, you know, a, an actual queen to be, and then becomes queen of the Joseong period, you know, from like a couple hundred years before he's really alive. And when he woke up and he figured out he had no penis, you know what the first thing he said was? Damn, those human traffickers, they never leave anything. Oh, I was a victim. Before he understood that he was teleported to another place, those were the words he said. It's in the first episode. So for those of you that have Netflix, go see it. He literally said that. They tell you everything. The Ukrainians were like, they're taking our kids, you know, and taking their organs. They tell you everything. You don't need scriptwriters to tell you what the script is. You know how you know that the script is being manipulated or that they're writing the script is when they trip up. And that's the fact. When you rush something into manifestation, for example, train derailment, what's the first thing I said? Damn, it looks like DeWine got caught with his pants down, almost like it shouldn't have happened yet. And then more derailments and then explosions of chemical plants. And they're just causing all this confusion. Someone let the cat out of the bag. What is going on? Who's derailing? Why is this happening? Oh, let's just put some pipe bombs close to a church and the railway, depending on how we want to spin it. Is it against the Catholics? Because we just murdered, you know, someone on the West Coast. God rest his soul. Bishop, right? Wasn't it? And, you know, or do we go with the railway story? Which one do we go? We got to sit in the middle and we're going to pick. This is all a story. It is all a show to cover up the reality. They're distracting you with everything. The reality of things are that they need war in order to eliminate knowledge, almost like fairy tales of the Khazarians, almost like that period of time in the 900s that nobody knows about, you know, that we just have very few information available about certain time periods, almost like that. It's almost like they want to wipe things and control things. And they're getting resistance. So, um, yeah, for those of you that want to see something fun and cute and learn a little bit about Korean history, that show, Mr. Queen, it was actually humorous. Um, I only saw the first two episodes, but it shocked me just how open they were about it. Open. You know, let's talk about this for a second. We had this derailment that was unexpected by DeWine because it shouldn't have happened yet. 
And so, uh, you know, it was at the location that it should have happened in when it was supposed to happen. The water in the vicinity has, you know, obviously from the rain and whatever, it's going to go in there. We're going to have fuel and petrol floating around. That's what the rainbow stuff is. It's usually, flu- uh, you know, that. But here's what people forget. Let me, let me see if I can find a video. Because a lot of people forget. Um, um, where is it? All right. So it's almost as if they want people to understand, to believe that there, is, there, that there is an infrastructure issue and that we're being hacked and that the government didn't do anything. But see, they lose that argument when you realize that the hack that happened in Florida, no one was held accountable. Remember when they stole the Bitcoin because of, you know, the colonial pipeline and you guys were so busy into the politics, you might have missed this, but we did talk about it. I want you to pay attention because it's not the explosion that's doing it. They're doing it. And the water supply, the Florida cyber incident explained. If you are new, I want to welcome you to the Dark Trace YouTube channel. We are the world's leading cyber AI company and the pioneers of autonomous response technology. My name is Justin Fear, and I'm the director of cyber intelligence and analytics here at Dark Trace. Water, 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 H2O or agua, whatever you want to call it. I think we can all agree that it's pretty important. Water has also been proven to boost the human's immune system or the natural ability to detect and defend against unwanted pathogens. Right now in today's current climate, I would say that that's pretty important. It's easy to think that the consequences of a cyber attack only really extend as far as reputational damage and financial loss. But a recent event in Florida, which appears to have attempted to either intentionally or unintentionally alter the chemical composition of the water supply for an entire city is a stark wake-up call. This reminds us that cyber attacks can actually have dangerous physical consequences crossing over into the very real world that we live in. Last year at a hospital in Germany, sadly a patient died as the result of a ransomware attack at the hospital where she was meant to be treated. And this year, in the wake of the recent and still unfolding software supply chain attack, there is certain to be more attacks against sensitive industrial environments that are becoming increasingly digital and hyper-connected. It may be a new year, but the world we live in is still a geopolitical roller coaster, and it would come as no surprise if nations weren't arming themselves with these ICS-based attacks. In today's video, we will explain what we know so far about the Florida water facility breach, as well as what this incident reveals about the direction future cyber attacks might be headed in. What appears to have happened with the recent cyber event that took place at that Florida water facility? The details are still very sparse, but we can certainly make some inferences from what we know so far. Open source reporting suggests that at some point an operator for the water treatment facility just outside Tampa, Florida, noticed his or her mouse move on the screen, not once, but twice. And in addition, the person on the other end appears to have attempted to change the composition of the water being treated at the facility by increasing the amount of a caustic chemical known as lye. Of course, in very controlled and small amounts, this poses no threat to the consumers of the water supply. But the actor on the other end increased the amount hundreds of thousands of times higher than the acceptable level. That's it. There's not much else to the story. Or is there? Many of us in the industry right away parsed through the press briefing, and there were a couple of obvious things that stood out. First, there was the mention that the mouse moved. 
right away that tells us that some form of remote admin tool was used. Maybe the built-in Microsoft RDP tool or a commercial tool like TeamViewer. After all, we are still very much hashtag working from home these days, so it's entirely plausible. Secondly, the mere fact that the actor came in not once but twice and made the very noisy action of moving the cursor without knowing there was or was not someone on the other end is simply amateur and not like a sophisticated nation state. Remember this, the goal of any cyber operator is to get in and get out unnoticed, and this was hardly the case. Now, in just the last few days, there has been reporting that indeed a well-known commercial remote admin tool called TeamViewer may have been used. Furthermore, it has been reported that the username and password for this tool were shared amongst a large group of people. Additionally, the system being accessed was an older, non-supported operating system with minimal security controls in place. So I hope you can see my reluctance to simply call this an attack or a hack or even a breach. We certainly don't know yet, but from the very limited reporting out there right now, I'm more inclined to conclude that this was likely the result of poor cyber hygiene, or maybe an unintentional or even intentional insider threat. We certainly will not know until the authorities complete their full investigation. Every thought leader that I've had the pleasure of sharing a stage with or speaking with over the years has been screaming from the mountaintops about the risk of critical national infrastructure, especially at the state and local levels such as this. This is probably the most real-world scenario of what a successful ICS attack could have done if executed properly. Moreover, the simplicity of practicing good cyber hygiene and educating the workforce is once again a common theme, as has been the case with past cyber attacks. How many of us have been through cyber training and simply clicked through and took the test? How many times have you drilled into your employees' heads to not click the suspicious link in an email or open an attachment only to be woken up in the middle of the night to a three-alarm ransomware fire? Humans are and will always be the weakest link, so naturally, we need to lean on technology whenever possible. Anomaly detection specifically needs to become a standard part of every business's security stack. It's the perfect tool to look after us humans in the not-so-rare events that we might make a mistake. Many of these facilities and the technology they used are old and outdated. And if they're not simply being replaced by newer and more connected devices, they're being retrofitted to add that remote connectivity needed to ensure optimal uptime. After all, we are just getting through our first year of that global pandemic we're all living in. And I'll say it again, we are all still very much hashtag working from home. These critical industries need to find ways to safely monitor the important systems we rely on, much in the same way the rest of corporate America and the world has transitioned. This incident should be a glaring wake-up call that no network, big or small, is impenetrable or immune to compromise. Even if this does turn out to be a simple human error or an intentional act, there are so many places it could have not only been caught, but stopped. Take for instance, an anomaly detection engine might have flagged the rarity simply of the source IP that established the TeamViewer connection. We might have also determined that the time of day was odd to be connecting to this endpoint. Maybe the sheer use of TeamViewer on this part of the network was unusual. No matter what the intent was, abnormalities are the perfect precursor to detection. And of course, if we can detect these things, then we certainly should be able to stop them, or at the very least carry out some action to buy back time for the security team to simply decide on the next course of action.
Thank you for spending some time with us today. If you liked what you heard today, click the like button down below and subscribe to us. For more information, visit www.darktrace.com. Wow, huh? So now that we reminded ourselves of the trial run in Florida to see, and they went up through team view and got in and they would have increased the lie. And apparently, if you remember, the guy said, oh, I saw it by accident. Like if I wasn't looking at the screen, blah, blah, blah. See, this is what's really happening. Do you think that they would destroy the water that they also need? Probably if they had access to fresh water and we can get into Uruguay, but that'll be at a later time. But these are the questions people should be asking. Right. People keep forgetting that they always set the tone. I mean, come on with nuclear weapons. We annihilated an island, made it a bikini bottom, like SpongeBob says, so that we could check how how long radiation stays, how high we can do it for EMPs, how low we can do it for EMPs. How long will the damage be? I mean, look at what we did in our deserts. These are the things. He, here's the thing. People are panicking. They're like, oh, my God, we can clear our system with this. Stop. Grab a Bible. Tells you everything you need to know. Knowledge is power. And so when you have knowledge, you're not afraid. And if I obviously have that knowledge, someone else does too, okay? And the thing is, is that, you know, we're, we're straying away and we're seeing another operation where people are jumping onto this Chernobyl, the plume, the this, because that is the story they want. It's like Pizzagate. They only want you to focus on that, blame it on the trains so they can throw the money into the infrastructure, just like Joe Biden said he would, and throw the money into the copper piping, just like Joe Biden said he would. So the question you should be asking is, who are these motherfuckers working for? Because it's obviously not the people because they're amplifying everything that Biden said at the State of the Union. So the thing is, my first impression when I saw DeWine is, oh, crap, he got caught with his pants down. The delay from the media was like, wait a minute, that's not part of the script. What happened? See, this is what happens when one side rushes the other. Let's pretend that you're trying to covertly, right, pop off some firecrackers and you've got 10 of them going down the street. And as you're popping one off, people are like, oh my God, gunshots. And ha ha ha, you just got them to like give you their weapons. The next firecracker is like plane in the thing. Now you have the NSA in every single digital thing. Ha ha ha. Cyber attack. Now you have blah, blah, blah. But what if someone goes pops a cracker, 10, you know, your eighth cracker when you're still on number three? Then you're rushing to pop all the crackers and that one and you fail. That's what warp speed is usually about getting ahead of things, maybe starting to run because when you're running and you're not ready to run, guess what happens? You trip. So this is why we're having so much confusion right now because it's like, you know, they have a plan. They're sticking with it. This is how we're going to roll things out. We're just going to ask the UN to come in and help us with all this, you know, explosions. We were cyber attacked and they're coming after us in the water. No, 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 no. It was a cyber attack. It had nothing to do with us doing it. But see, all these years, we've allowed them to put fluoride. You know, we have people that go to water tanks and just piss in it because they want to, right? We're giving one company full access to billions of gallons of water. Now we're bringing a company that's making a silicone plant that has to have wastewater. How are you going to wastewater? Oh, we're just going to recycle it. So you're going to be drinking recycled water and have toilet paper in your ice cubes like they do in Arizona. And I'm sorry, Arizona, you could try that experiment. Check it out. Even if your fridge is filtered, just take a look. Even if you have a filter, take a look. You can get some of that toilet paper there. So <laughs> it floats in your water. So <clears throat> this is the whole purpose. When you pop off 
a firecracker that shouldn't happen, you got to pop off all the other ones that should have. And this is why they pulled every single card. There's no other script. I mean, this week's going to be fire. We've got SCOTUS Decisions 230, the Brunson Brothers, which I'm not mentioning only because I don't want to draw attention to it from the wrong side. We're all praying for them. I am so proud of them. You know, and, and for people to mock, at least they're trying. What the fuck are you doing? This is it. At least they mock. Hmm? Right? They just mock. That's all they know how to do is mock. But you always have to see who your leaders follow and thump. That'll tell you everything. And while people are like, oh my gosh, President Trump. Oh, he showcases. Don't forget. Fauci. Front and center. Come here. He brought all the snakes close to him. I mean, it's a lot easier to slide the knife in <laughs> when they're close, right? The disinformation is real. Misinformation is real. But, uh, you know, sometimes it's necessary, right? And sometimes it just has, you know, an operation. <laughs> just like Pizzagate. It's a real thing. They rape kids. They're demented. I mean, look at the drag queens. They, they want your kids. They're, they've got preachers that are drag queens now, okay? Let's stop. The madness. And now we have churches flipping on its own people that they must abide by this and be like this. And then we have the Bible thumpers that won't listen to anyone unless it's in that one version of the book, whatever it is they read. (laughs) And those are dangerous things to say. When you refuse to listen, you're not Christ-like. Christ-like is listening to everyone. Christ-like is making a thief. Love God. Making a whore. Love God making a tax collector love God. And how do you talk to them? By having ears to listen and having conversations and understanding where they come from. That's very important. That is extremely important. To be Christ-like is to just love unconditionally. Ah, And it's so hard, especially when people are speaking another language or they're closed to things or, you know, they think that things like that are okay. You know, I was, I was ecstatic to see how many people, you know, the people that actually watched chapter one were like, oh my gosh, now I'm seeing a lot of this organ donation, save us, do this, you know, because Planned Parenthood is choked, right? And whatever was on that train was choked, right? Could have been why Jimmy Carter's in the hospital, right? Or Fetterman's in the hospital, right? Right? And while many people are like, well, they can make clowns on you, you can't transfer spirits. <laughs> you can't. So, you know, it's, 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 it's very interesting, right? To just see all of you suddenly say, I can see it. Yeah. That's what it means to have eyes to see and ears to hear. I can't wait to hear my president tonight. I think that's going to be pretty lit because while Biden's out there pimping out your money, I mean, we've got to be able to, you know, I'm trying to find which route it is that we could just send mass things saying, I don't want to fund Ukraine anymore. I'm done. And if all of us do it on a massive scale, it's game over. All we have to do is write a letter and say, don't give money to Ukraine. I do not consent. Like if all of us sent, I do not consent, you know, I do not consent. That's the voter's voice. And if they don't listen, you know what, actually, but how would I be able to do this? Right. See, that would make sense. And according to the Constitution, our elected representatives do the will of the people. And if the will of the people is not to give money to Ukraine, and we have evidence that we told them that that's the will of the people and they didn't do it, that's where you can sue them and get rid of them and take it up to the Supreme Court of the United States and say, yes, they've been allegedly elected, but they're not doing what we want. Therefore, they need to go. 
I don't, I, I just don't know the right avenue and I'm still trying to find it while at the same time, I'm trying to figure out how to create our organization. One thing is Tennessee has some exceptional people within their vicinity. Like, you know, um, Miss Thompson, she's freaking awesome. Jerry's awesome. Um, and other people that have helped in the past, I'm still rummaging through to figure out it's all about timing. You guys, it is all about timing. See, if enjoy the show had come out a little bit earlier, right? People wouldn't have seen it now fresh in their mind to see how white noise plays into this. They wouldn't see in their minds how they were tagging these people like animals prior to the incident because they knew they were coming. So think about it this way. They only had people sign up, right? They didn't actually deploy it yet. Hence, again, I'm standing by my initial observation. This wasn't supposed to happen yet because they hadn't had things in place yet. Yet. Again, yet. And it's funny how you're seeing all these articles now talking about kidney transplants and, you know, um, um, dialysis units, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's quite fascinating. I mean, as I've said, we write our own scripts, right? So get to work. You don't need to wait for someone to tell you what to think. You got this. You have your own ability to discern. You don't need anyone to tell you when you can. Say something. Do something. You can do it yourself. So on that note, I'm going to show you a video of um, President Trump. Now, you're going to be like, what is this? Well, it's, it's, it's different. And it's important-ish. And it's interesting. I would like you to just take a look before we close out the show today with a nice musical melody. Here we go. Everybody in those Steve Harvey. Everyone having fun? You having fun? Sure. Steve just came up to say hello, Steve. Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump, can I ask you, sir, how concerned are you some of your cabinet nominees are speaking on Capitol Hill on issues like Russia, Iran, the border wall, and, and some of their statements conflict with some of what you have said in the past. No, that all gets right now. We want them to be themselves, and I told them, be yourselves and say what you want to say. Don't worry about me, and I'm going to do the right thing, whatever it is. I may be right, and they may be right, but I said, be yourselves. What do you say, Steve? Let them do it. I could have said, do this, say that. I don't want that. I want them all to be themselves. Okay, and on repeal, Everybody okay? Yes, Trump, Everybody good? Sir, on repeal and replace. Thank you. Thank you. Say hello to Harvey. Repeal and replace is going great. Sir, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, are you going to work on a TV show with him, sir? Oh, no. Uh, I was... Uh, invited here by the both transition teams, Obama's transition team and Trump's transition team. And uh, it was really a really cool meeting in the beginning. We talked a lot about golf and things like that and uh, people we knew and people in common. And uh, and then we got down to the crux of it. Uh, he's uh, introduced me to uh, Ben Carson, who's now the new head of uh, uh, housing for urban development. And uh, We've going to team up and uh, see if we can uh, bring about some positive change in the inner cities, which I felt was my only agenda, and he agreed, and he wants to do something. And uh, he realizes that he needs some allies in that department, and he, 
He seemed really sincere about it. I mean, Chicago being one. Chicago is definitely one. Another one they want to start with as a target is Detroit. Uh, ben Carson expressed that because quite naturally he's from Detroit. I want to do some things with on all of the major inner cities to see if we can bring about some change and help some of these young people out. And so that's why I'm here and it was a successful meeting and uh, EC seemed really sincere. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> it's not my jump into politics. I ain't gonna pass a background check, but uh, I, uh, it's just me following uh, orders from my friend, uh, President Obama, who said, Steve, you gotta, as he told everybody, get out behind your computer, stop tweeting and texting, and get out there and sit down and talk. So I stepped from behind my microphone and I came and talked to the guy that's going to be the 45th president of the United States. I did what I was supposed to do. How did Meeting come about? Uh, the transition team from President Obama and the transition team from Donald Trump got me on the phone about a week or so ago. No, I'm, I'll be turning 60 on Tuesday and my wife is taking me far away. So I won't be at anybody's inauguration because my wife said no. The Trumps being on Family Feud. <laughs> yeah, against the Obamas. That'll be good. Or how about the Clintons? If I could set it up, it'd be skyrocketing for the ratings. Yeah. Is it worth getting, maybe you should call them something that's causing the I would, you know. I'm handling everything pretty good. You know, it was an, of course, it's, it's an honor to be invited to talk. And I think that's the only way that we're going to uh, unify our country. We got to talk, you know. President Obama said you got to sit down and talk. And I really enjoyed the conversation. He seemed really sincere. He's a genuine person in the meeting. Do you have any lingering things you still want to talk further about, you're still concerned about, you, you, you haven't quite heard what you want to hear yet? Or well, I mean, exactly on the same page for this, we, we got off to a great start. I think it could be the beginning of something. But for them to invite me here to talk about a specific problem and thought that I might be able to help, I know I got a big radio show, you know, I got a lot of people listening every morning, so I've always been concerned about uh, inner city problems because they're huge. My mentoring problem, I'm excuse me, my mentoring program has been a part of this type of, and that's what I want to see happen. And they were spot on with it. And Ben Carson got on the phone, I met with him over the phone today, but I sat with uh, President-elect Trump and uh, he laughed a little bit. So, you know, I ain't been laughing that much over the past few days. They kind of beat me up on the internet right now for no reason, but, you know, that's life. Ain't what it? did you laugh about? Well, we talked about golf. Uh, we laughed about uh, my score in golf, his score in golf. Uh, we talked about some of the friends that we have in coming, Mark Burnett. We talked about TV shows, uh, things like that. He's a fan, so he's seen it. I met his daughter. She was very sweet. So. I think we're I think we're off to a good start. How did you move between being a, a comedian and a spokesperson and being Steve Harvey trying to also get the message out to the people, to everyone, and have that comedian and Well, you know, it's two things in your life. Your career is what you paid for and your calling is what you made for. So I have a responsibility to the community that I service. 
to try to be a voice and, 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 and speak on some issues. And so they've heard me. They know where I stood on the election. But uh, nothing's changed. But we got to talk. And I thought he was a great guy. You know, we really had a nice conversation. There has been a lot of doubt about his administration, about race. Jeff Sessions, his record in Alabama. Some of the things the president-elect said during the campaign trail about the inner cities. Yeah. Are your doubts fully gone, or are you going to still try and work them out? Well, I mean, you know, look, you don't, you don't kill it with one conversation, but you can start it with the conversation. So, you know, a lot about what people say, well, now it's time to see what you do. So, and uh, he said he wanted to do something. You, you can't beat better than that, you know, and so we're going to see. I'm, I've been put in contact with uh, Ben Carson, which was great. I spoke with him, and so we're going to we're going to get some things started. And uh, they have a plan for the inner cities, but they need help. And so that's why they called me. So I'm assuming, so we'll see what I can do. Steve, Steve do you support the Sessions nomination? Have you the Sessions nomination? Yeah. I don't really know anything about it. I mean, no. I mean Ed, you were asking that, you know, he's... He, he had a testy hearing this week in which some questioned uh, whether or not he was on the right side of history in terms yeah. of his work in the, in the civil rights. Yeah. Be well, yeah, I mean... But is it something you've not sort of... Well, I don't, I don't really like commenting on stuff I don't really understand or know about. You know, I'm not a politician, man, to be honest with you. I'm hoping that these people can straighten it all out, but I want to get in here and just do my share. And I had a good conversation, and man, so moving forward, it ought to be good. I appreciate y'all. Thank, Thank y'all very well, that was interesting that Barack Hussein Obama sent over Ben Carson on the phone. To, well, excuse me, misspoke, sent Steve Harvey, who then on the phone had Ben Carson. Why would Obama be sending Steve Harvey? Why doesn't he go? Why didn't he have the conversations? What is going on here? Why is the transition team, including someone like Steve Harvey? What does he have to do with transition of the government? These are all questions that people overlooked and didn't talk about. These are very important things that I'm showcasing. Yeah. And obviously we should showcase how, uh, you know, uh, Steve Harvey was nobody until he married his wife, Marjorie, who said, and I quote, there's no way I'm going to that inauguration. She's taking me far, far away. Because, you know, he had to go and discuss his mentoring problem. What? And inner cities. Aha. Uh -huh. Go and tell him that you want to work with him. Find out what his plans are. Right? Remember, the emails were already out. The FBI already knows. They're covering it up. Why? Because could you imagine when the people find out that we had agencies within our government that allowed the harvesting of humans like they're animals? How would you feel if they all found out, all of America found out at the same time this whole train derailment happened just a tad bit, wee bit too early. It caught them off guard because they hadn't gotten things in place yet. It's almost astonishing how it happened right after this data. Oh my gosh. It's like right there. He's talking about copper pipes and railways and everyone's showing wrecked railways that have been like that for a day and whatnot. Every day we have derailments. Finally, the farmers are waking up. Like, what are they tracking through our land? Exactly. You have the right to know. Track warrants. You can say, I don't want this shit going through my land. That's the power of the people that they don't want people to know. But you have to revisit some of these things. 
Because what people haven't realized is a story they haven't told you. And for those of you that are subscribers, annual ones on Locals, you get first dibs very, very soon. And you'll see how this revolution is panning out. And who's really on the winning side and who's really pushing you remedies and solutions, which now they're all jumping on the bandwagon. Go local. It's like no shit. Thanks for joining the party late since you failed to milk people on the other end. You know, these are the things we should have out to look at. It's very, very, very important what I'm saying. The people have more power than they realize. I mean, how do you know? Well, why did Congress just award two and a half million dollars for each congressman for security? Why would they need security? If you're doing your job and you're doing it right, why would I have to pay you two and a half million dollars out of my tax dollars to protect yourself? Big question right there. Big question right there. So ask yourself, why was Steve Harvey asked by Obama's transition team to meet with Trump's transition team? Why Steve Harvey? <laughs> the more you know. The wives. Nobody looks at the wives. In fact, there's actually a show that was done three days ago by Club Shay Shay. You know what? It's a five-minute thing. Maybe I'll show it to you. It's okay. I'm running late. I wanted to close with a song, but why not? Let's just do this right quick. You should actually, you should see this. It's pretty fascinating. Hold on. Let's get this up and running. Here we go. Hey, right. That's what I want. Right. Man, 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 I, man, listen, when Steve got with Marjorie, man, I seen a whole difference, not only in his happiness, his career. Okay. That type, and then, you know, um, uh, Marjorie bow-legged, too. Huh? I was walking up behind Marjorie in the airport, man. I was getting ready. To, I was walking up on. I said, "I said, oh my God!" Yeah. I said, Ugh. I bet I did. And she looked at me. She said, "Oh." I said, "Oh." <laughs> I said, "I was finna holler at you, but I ain't know it was you." She said, "Oh." I said, "Oh," because you know we like brothers right. and sisters, right? Or whatever. But but that right there, what Steve has, right? That's a blueprint okay. of what I would like to have. And I'm not. I'm like, okay, I, do like, I don't need you to wash clothes. I don't need you to. Cook. No, 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 I, I'm, I'm real domesticated. No, I, I ain't real domesticated. I am. I'm gonna find somebody to do that. No, I'm gonna find somebody to wash the clothes. I'm gonna find somebody to cook. But I want you to be stacked like dirty laundry in a dorm room. Come on, bro. I want you to have. I would like for you to have a degree. Now, if you want to have two, that's fine too, Shannon. But guess what? But don't be into look, Shannon. Guess what? What? If she don't have a degree, no, nah, that's gonna but be. But if she that, got that, 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 no deal breaker, if she got the basic stuff that yeah. my grand, that your grandmother and my yes, grandmother has, yes. if she just got genuine love yeah. and and her walk off is fire. And she looked good in some wedge heels and some jeans. And she looked, hold on, hold on, not even that. A sundress and some. No, did you better have no sundress? She said. A sundress and some wedge heels. And she looked, and she looked, she got a. And she bowlegged. A, 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 a basketball cut in half back there. And you, you better not. And used to be a cheerleader. What? Or oh, a majorette. Oh my God. Man. Oh my God. If you cook, I'd marry her. Oh yeah. I mean, it. it and then, you know, they be a little, little fettuccine. But you know chicken. what, Rick? Right. Here's the thing. And I've, I've, I'm, I tell any woman that I've ever been with, I became what I became because all I would ever want to do was make sure my family was out of this situation. Absolutely. To raise my problem. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to do for you. Not only am I not going to do for you, I will do for you. I will treat your family, your mom and dad, as if they were my mom and dad. Absolutely. So if you tell me, say, hey, Shannon, can we help my mom and dad? Why are you asking me? That's a no-brainer. Right. 
done deal. Right. But I need you to understand that my family, that's that's it for me. Right. I'm not now my kids know I'm not first option. Mm-hmm. I'm last resort. So once you got, I need you to, I need your brainstorm. I sent you to school, got a good degree. Hey, my, my youngest daughter is one year away from being a doctor. Mm-hmm. My son, like I said, just my daughter's in human resources. I said, y'all figure it out. Now, if you can't figure it out, okay, let's, let's see what we can do. See if daddy can help you. Right. But next to me, you good. Right. Your mom and dad good. Right. But don't, and don't be, don't, I, it's not a competition. What I. So. That was a conversation saying how Harvey, Steve Harvey, just skyrocketed after he married his wife that looks good in wedge heels and a sundress. And then go revisit the interview that happened. Whoa, you're going to be like, what's going on here? Like, there's another play going on. It's a story that they don't want you to know, because what if all of America realized that all of these politicians, all of these A-list celebrities are more important than them? That their lives don't matter. That the lives that cross the border seeking a better life don't matter. That the ones that don't speak English don't matter. The ones that have no family don't matter. The foster kids don't matter. None of them matter except for them. Hence, they're commodities like Tedros Satin. Commodities. That's the real story. And Pizzagate, while true was amplified and hijacked by the federal government to obfuscate the reality. Take a step back. Why do you think they went insane with Planned Parenthood? Is it just for, you know, vampire facials and, you know, no, experiments. Like, what if you found out that your government experiments on foster kids? What if you found out that every time you're on Medicaid because you'd be popping out a baby, that they give you a specific vaccine schedule for your children because you're on Medicaid and you need to be on a specific cohort. What if you found out that there's a database with your DNA and your group by cohorts? What if you found out that, hey, if something happens where it's plausible that they could just say, oops, you died, that you're being harvested like nobody's business? How many people actually look into the bodily cavities of the corpses when they're put into you know, caskets. Hmm? Not many. And how do you know that your undertaker, right, and your morgue isn't under an NDA or working with the federal government? It's not illegal to harvest your organs. Just saying. What if you knew that hospitals maintain bodies at certain points? So that way they can tell you that they're brain dead when brain death doesn't really exist. It's whatever. What if they actually knew the real story? That's when they can't walk out on the street. When they find out that, you know, Pelosi had so many transplants or that, you know, Tom Cruise has, you know, something growing to provide skin generation and the tightening isn't a facelift, but it's actually new skin. Like these are all questions people should be asking. This is a revolution. And, it's a, and the horrors are hidden from the eyes of the public for a reason. 
And this is why they give you low-hanging fruit like pedophilia because they'd be okay with being called a pedophile and having a fetish because they're going to swipe it over with maps and psychologists that are going to say, oh, they can't help themselves. Well, then chemically castrate them. I mean, they're chemically castrating children with the same drugs that caused chemical castration in males are the ones they're giving children as puberty blockers. They're literally chemically castrating kids. So again, here's what happens. You don't trust your federal government. You don't trust your police. You don't trust your morgue. You don't trust your hospital. Why would you? Fauci literally ran an experiment about AIDS and, and, and he was using single black women and telling them that they had AIDS when they didn't when he was trying to test drugs. Like, why would you just blindly trust? Because people are good innately and they pander on that. And they show horrors that happen only in the deep corners of something. Right? It doesn't happen to you. Oh, yes, it does. You're on the list. And if one of their important people needs it, they're taking it. Now with all the earthquakes in Turkey, it's free game. It's almost like the Kurds have like some special DNA or something, like a specific haplogroup that is adaptable that doesn't cause advanced stages of C. Crutchfields. These are just, that's just rolling off my tongue. Welcome to the real revolution, you guys. See you tomorrow. Happy President's Day. And let's not forget our president's going to be live at 4 p.m. God bless. Totally a revolution. Okay, don't twist my arm. Here's a skinny, and we'll go into it in detail. You had Nixam, which was a breeding program. Sex slaves, breeding program. Sex slaves, breeding program. We had Ghislaine Maxwell that would entertain very high-level clients for nice prostitutes and escorts, models, of course. Then bring the age down. Oh, you liked her? She was only 16. That's illegal. It's okay. You're fine with us. Next time around, they're all at a party. Here's a 14-year-old. Want to try a nine-year-old? This is Lane, hiring all the women so they can hire all the men, all the powerful men to bring them in. See, this is a very decentralized operation with one center in the middle. And that's the enemy, the invisible enemy you can't see. Like I've said, in war, if you can see the threat, if you can see the enemy, if you can see what they're doing, it's not a threat. So if you take the 40,000 foot view and you take a look carefully, you'll see that all of these operations and all of these people that have been undone were for one purpose. And for some reason, Epstein's just known as a pedophile. We know he is. Why not? It's no big deal. It's not my kid, not my relative, not my bloodline, and not special. Jim Carrey's special. That's why he got a transplant. His kids are special. That's why they get them too. Biden, special. Obama, Special. Your kids aren't. Your kids are food for us. You work for us, you pay us, and we harvest you as we please. Animal farm. <laughs> Only the animals are you. Piggies. Squeal. <laughs> That's not a joke. That's actually on a video in the laptop that the NYPD found. You can fact check me on that. See, there are a lot of things that'll make your stomach turn. People that actually know can't sleep. I have a problem with insomnia because things that I. S- Ever since 2005, what I saw 
was so unreal that I could not believe that a human could do such things to humans that are so full of light at such a young age, their eyes budding, just looking for a hug, right? Looking to, to smile. That's who Epstein really was. He was the experiment coordinator and he worked for the CIA, which means we funded a lot of this within our borders, underground, and off our shores. And that's the truth. That is the ultimate truth. And so, you know, while everyone mocked at Pizzagate, you had a fire hose of information coming in, symbols. And now I see all the time, oh my God, that person had like the squiggly sign. It's like, could it just be a squiggly sign? No. The Greek key suddenly is a pedophile symbol. It hacked your mind to see only that. They were very successful. It was a fantastic operation to counter the truth. The real truth is a truth that people cannot turn away from. They could be, oh, it's just a conspiracy that they have sex with kids, but they're harvesting organs. Yeah, that one will make people perk up. That'll make people signing consents like, uh, I do not consent to any organ donation. I've told my children too. You do not donate my organs. Done. No way. But you should see how some of them automatically sign people up. That's fun. You should see what Obamacare says. That's fun. See, these people are sick, literally. And then you wonder, are they, <laughs> what kind of people are they? Well, that's a story for another time. For now is, you want to unite the people? You get them the truth. Epstein was a pedophile. Yes. Because he enjoyed the power trips. Remember, he was a germaphobe. He never ate in restaurants, right? You should ask yourself why. Why he never ate at restaurants. Why he never drank tap water. Why and why and why. And why the art that Podesta had was so twisted and people were like sick to their stomachs, while everyone thinks it's just because they're having fun with kids, they're highly targeted. Genetic information is being used against people at all times. I mean, we should have jumped on it with Phelps, but okay. That's the real truth. The real truth. The Pizzagate covered up the ultimate prize, which is their industry. And you have to think, how many of our politicians actually have tinkers? And then you're talking clones. Yes, we have that technology. I studied under one who was the first person to actually clone a human being. And, and that's a real thing. It's not a joke. It's a real thing. They actually removed him from the university because he was crossbreeding or breeding humans, a skin cell, and they'll make you a son. And that's because... Some people just can't have children. So why not use my own DNA? Because I want my own heir. That's how he sees it. Clones, the one thing you can't do is ensure that the memories are intact with the DNA transfer. I mean, how do you wipe out DNA? mRNA technology, of course. But, you know, if you actually look at the schematics for CERN and the hydrogen collider, maybe you'll be able to discern the molecular informatics that answer that question. God bless everyone. 
artists in prison to silence their vision genetic copies going home after they look different eyes shifted smile missing skin lifted scientific if they can't control you they race the old you get your duplication to enforce their message the clone gucci clone kodak cloned him and them he ain't rap since encore know that cloning rappers when they overdose to keep making money from producing more tracks the game is a sham turning the artists who challenge the sacrificial lambs the labels and devils are shaking hands creating our artists and labs the executions have been televised though they're on tmz like a night they take our heroes give us weaponized clones the revenue